you're listening to the Tongue Tie Experts Podcast, a weekly program providing information and support for those families impacted by tongue and lip tie and the professionals caring for them. I'm Lisa Palladino, a midwife and a lactation consultant with over 30 years of experience. If you are a parent looking for answers or a professional who is curious to learn more than what you learned in school on this topic, welcome. This podcast is for you. A gentle disclaimer, please do not consider anything discussed on this podcast by myself or any guest of the podcast to be medical advice. The information is provided for educational purposes only and does not take the place of your own medical or lactation provider. Thank you. Welcome back to the Tongue Tie Experts Podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Palladino, and today I am thrilled to talk to Katie Clark, also known as the Breastfeeding Mama. I've been following Katie for a very long time on Instagram, so much so that I feel like even before we start this chat, I know her because she's just someone I see every day on my feed. And I'm sure many of you feel the same. And if you don't already follow Katie, you should, because she's got a great a great presence on social media and um, lots of interesting and educational and fun stuff. So Katie's a proud mother of three little boys who happens to love all things breastfeeding. Through her own breastfeeding journeys, she has discovered the joy that comes from helping other mothers meet their breastfeeding goals. She's a certified lactation educator, certified breastfeeding specialist, and IBCLC candidate. Yay! Along with the various online breastfeeding groups she's led since 2015, she enjoys providing realistic and entertaining information about breastfeeding to help new parents make the best decisions for their family. Welcome, Katie. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. (laughs) And a couple of things stand out for me in your bio. First of all, the fact that you say, help them reach their goals, right? Like, I think that those of us who provide breastfeeding support often get a little bit of a bad rap as far as being like crazy breastfeeding ladies, Mm -hmm. right? Like, I just watched a TV show that had like a very poor representation of what a breastfeeding support person was Mm -hmm. on their TV show. And I was so frustrated. And, um, you know, we're here to, to help families meet their goals. Right. I mean, absolutely. I, and I find that too. And I see so many people, you know, they, you know, they have all sorts of terms or whatever they want, you know, whatever they call us. But, um, yeah, it's frustrating to me because I'm like, that's not how it has to be. And, and some people like the, maybe those ones are great for some certain types of people, but I've always been like very passionate about just helping people where they're at and not, you know, having any guilt. Cause that's, that's, it's like such a vulnerable and a hard time. And I think some of that comes from my own experiences where I have worked with lactation consultants that are a little more yeah, aggressive. So it's, I think, yeah. but I think most of us, like you said, just want to help people find mm-hmm. what works for them. Yeah. And not to generalize, but, you know, and no offense made to anyone that was a La Leche League leader way back. 
it used to be a little bit more stringent. Mm -hmm. You know, you weren't allowed to talk about bottle feeding. It was before, you know, they were just taking care of um, families who, where the mom was stay at home and there was no working and stuff like that. So I, I think that unfortunately, sometimes that's how we are remembered. You know, that's how the field is, is pictured. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's so much evolution. Absolutely. The field started. Oh, and even in the last 10 years since my first son was born, I feel like there's been such a huge change, which I think is, which I think is really positive. Yes, absolutely. And, uh, you know, one mother, one family at a time, right? Mm -hmm. We're making changes. The same with birth practices, right? You know, I'm a midwife and we can only do one at a time and meet them where they are. Mm -hmm. And sometimes even in a family, each, um, each child can get you closer to what your goal had been, right? Absolutely. You know, like you learn more and you learn differently with each child. Yeah. No, I yeah. I agree. I have three. So, and, I, you know, I'm no, by no means an expert still, but I feel like, especially when it came to breastfeeding, um, by the time the third one came around, I had a lot more knowledge. I was a lot more willing to stand up for myself and what I thought was right. And I felt a lot more confident in my ability to breastfeed because I always mm-hmm. say if I had the same problems with my second and third that I had with my first, I would have quit within days. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. And mm-hmm. so I think you just learn by experience and by more people you talk to. Same. Yeah. And um, yeah, I, I finally got it quote unquote right with my third. Mm-hmm. And even that, like, I mean, she's 21. So when I look back on what I thought was the right way to breastfeed, quote unquote, back then, oh, I wish I could start over, oh, you know, totally. but you know better, you do better. Exactly. Right? I always say that because I feel the same way. I'm like, oh, if I had only known this or done this or yeah, yeah it's yeah, yeah. You, can't, you can't live in the what ifs. It's the move forward and you help others. And- right. And, you know, so the reason that I asked um, Katie, for, for, for those of you listening, you know, why another lactation person on the podcast? I know I know that people are asking. But one of the things that I think is very important for everyone to know is that we may have all this experience and knowledge and know how to, you know, uh, guide other people, counsel other people, assist other people um, with their breastfeeding challenges and know all the, you know, textbook ways to do things. But that doesn't necessarily mean that it's all going to be perfect in our own experience. So you have the experience of three different kids Mm -hmm. and three different experiences. Absolutely. So I think that today would be great if we could just chat a little bit about what those challenges were. If you're comfortable saying what you, you know, where you think things like, you know, where you didn't reach your actual goals Mm -hmm. And, you know, what, what you would like people to learn from your own experience. And that, I think that would be very helpful Yeah, no, I because, you know, social media days, as we were saying before we, we got on, it looks like we've all got this right. Yeah. Right. Like if you're looking at a social feeds and even those of us who've got great presence on Instagram and look like we got it all together behind the scenes might be a little bit different. Oh, absolutely. And that's something I feel really strongly about is not putting up a front because I think that Mm -hmm. that just does more damage. You know, just yesterday I put on Instagram on Mother's Day. I'm like, stop worrying about what the, you know, social media people say is the perfect, you know, parenting. Cause like I get, I get in that trap where I read something. It's like, you have to be this type of parent. And then I'm like, 
I'm just messing up my kids. So why, why even try? So then I'm like, that's not, it's, it's important to be real and it's important to, to show that weakness and that there are, we all have struggles. And that's really where my breastfeeding like passion came from was from the struggles I had and recognizing just that there were not very good resources. And Mm -hmm. I, I realized I was very fortunate in my situation because I was able to kind of figure it out. I had good support network around me. Um, but I realized a lot of people don't have that and probably wouldn't have had the same opportunity I had to kind of work through things like I did. Um, and that was, it was still really hard. So, um, I just think, you know, I always say we go through hard things for a reason and a lot of that reason is to help others. Oh, I love that you've turned your experience into helping others. And I say the same thing about, you know, I don't, teach what I teach because I got it all right. Mm-hmm. I teach what I teach because I did it all wrong. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I love that. I think that's, so you know, true. like I'm not perfect, whatever. When I began to work in this field, I quickly realized that school didn't teach me enough about tongue tie. I wanted the opportunity to learn firsthand from an experienced professional. I had so many questions. Can you relate? Good news. I've created the Professional's Guide to Tongue Tie in the Breastfeeding Infant just for you. You'll get four recorded video modules, downloads to share with your patients, admission to a thriving multidisciplinary community for networking, sharing, and continued learning, and four LSERPs. All the details are on the website at tonguetieexperts.net slash pro course. Use code podcast 15 to save 15% off this and all of my courses. Can't wait to see you in the group. So, so your first son is 10. He's 11. 11. And what was that like? So he, he was, you know, I went in and I had him. They, I, he was about, I was 39 weeks and three days, something like that. Um, it all went really well. Um, he was born. I didn't, it was, I didn't know anything about like golden hour or anything. They just took him and they're like, oh, he has lots of hair. And they went over and weighed him and cleaned him off. And I'm like, what, what's going on? And then they bring it back. Mm-hmm. And I remember so vividly him coming back and just having this, like this, like the, you know, a little pucker on his face. And they're like, he's hungry, mm-hmm. feed him. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Cause I didn't, I had, didn't know, like there was like a 30 mm-hmm. minute breastfeeding class during my hospital prep class. And one of my mm. sisters had asked me earlier, oh, are you going to breastfeed? And I was like, probably. I don't know. That probably will. Did your family breastfeed? Yeah. So my sisters, I have three older sisters and they all had breastfed their babies and oh, okay. as well. Um, but it wasn't, it's like, I remember my mom breastfeeding my little brother because I was the youngest um, or the second youngest of six. Um, so mm. my little brother, I remember her breastfeeding him in her chair when he was like 18 months old. And that's like the one mm. thing I remember. Um, but then my mm. other sisters had, so they were very like, you know, they were supportive, but like, it wasn't like I, I had that. I did have that. Right. But it wasn't something we really talked about that much. Like it was just. Right. You know, it was just understood that that's the way you fed your kids. Yeah. So right. when they handed him to me, I was like, okay. And then I'm like, I don't know. And like the nurse would like come over and help me. And I had to have her come in every single time to latch him because I just did not know what I was doing. And I remember that I had mm-hmm. so many pillows all around me. Like it was <laughs> ridiculous when I think about it. It was like 
five or six pillows and I can mm-hmm. only nurse him in the football position. Um, but it seemed like he, we went home and like right before we left, a nurse came in or a lactation consultant came in and she goes, oh, you're going to have a really hard time nursing because you have flat nipples. And I'm like, what? Oh, <laughs> I hate that. I was like so confused because he was nursing at the time. Right, She's, right. Here's my card. You can come see us. And I never did because I was like. Right. Um, but then we went home and um I thought nursing was going well. Um, I had a lot of pain. Um, and I think, I don't, I think some of it, I don't even know what it was. Like, I felt like it was like mm-hmm. lightning bolts and it was like, I called the hospital afterwards and they're like, oh, that's normal. And I'm like, okay. No. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not, no. yeah. <laughs> but I was like, okay. Cause I just, you know, fully trusted everything that they said, which I mean, right. There's a balance with that of, right. You know, which I'm sure you understand, but yeah. Um, so we just went on and he, he had some slow weight gain, but it was never to the point where they were like, oh, you have to stop breastfeeding. It was kind of like, mm-hmm. oh, let's watch. And, you know, he would gain some weight and he had really bad reflux, like his entire, first, like really like, cause I know a lot of people say, oh, they have reflux, but it was so bad. Like he mm-hmm. would cry for hours and hours for like the whole first year, especially at night. Um, He actually had an EGD at one point and they're like, oh yeah, he has active reflux. And we're like, okay, well, I don't know what to do. Um, and at one mm-hmm. point I remember like he was always smaller, a smaller baby, but I always breastfed him. And, you know, I was also very much in the, you have to feed every three hours, not any sooner, not any later. I always say if I had mm-hmm. fed him more frequently, I think he would have been a happier baby because I mm-hmm. thought, because they told me at the hospital every three hours. So that's what I did. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know that that's still being taught? Yep. Which is very frustrating. It is. And I have quite a few people who have come to me complaining or, you know, what their their concern that they're coming to me for is that the baby has colic, yeah. which is, you know, colic. It's That's what you described yep. in your baby, that, that crying every night. And um, or gas, quote unquote gas. Yeah. <laughs> And so many of so many of those babies just aren't eating enough. And I'm not saying this to make you feel oh, no, that no. you already know that, yeah, right? Absolutely. But I think that that's a teachable moment because most newborns only cry when they're hungry yeah. or feeding them will solve the problem yep. no matter what it is yep. when they're newborn. Nope, right? I, it's rare. It's rare that you have a baby that latches and won't let, you know, isn't satisfied when they latch. Yep. It's a different story if they can't latch. Yep. And I think, story. I think that that's really... I think it's so true because I found that with mm-hmm. myself, with my third baby, by the time he came around, I nursed him all the time just because if he was crying right. and he was a much happier baby, he was also a much chubby, chubbier baby because, right, right. and he still right. did kind of have some, you know, it seemed like maybe a little bit of reflexy, but it wasn't nearly uh-huh. as bad because I just nursed him and he was happy and everything. Was, right. And that was, you know, that I'm, that's kind of jumping ahead, but with Jack, yeah. my oldest, um, I remember at one point the doctor's like, oh, he, he seems like he might have like a dairy allergy. Maybe you should just give him mm-hmm. soy formula. And I was like, no way, Ugh. we're not doing that. Right. And I switched doctors. Um, and I had a hard time finding a good pediatrician that first year because they gave us all sorts of weird advice when he was six months old. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, he's still waking up at night. You need to just leave him in his bed. If he cries and throws up, don't do anything because he's trying oh to manipulate goodness. you by throwing up. And I was like, oh. I walked out that door and I never I yeah. finally found a really good pediatrician that wasn't so fixated on his weight. Um, Cause he was smaller, but he was healthy. He was meeting all his milestones. He's still, he's very, very like at age of 10, he's still smaller. Um, mm-hmm. But my, my husband and I aren't 
giants either. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's mm-hmm. very, you know, he's never had any issues. So um, that was frustrating. And I, sometimes I wonder, mm-hmm. I, like back then, I never knew anything about tongue ties, anything about like feeding or oral, you know, anything that, you know, could have been fixed, like with chiropractic or anything like that. I just kind of like, okay, well, we'll just get through mm-hmm. this. And um, so looking back, like, and I, you know, I look at him, he actually has a pretty, and this is where I'm always like, you can't always go off of what it looks like because he, if you look at his, his tongue tie it, or he has the tie that's a lot more forward than his brother who had a lot of issues. And so sometimes I'm like, maybe it was something with that, but you know, it is what it is. But all the other things are okay. Yeah, He's never him. had any other issues. Like my second son has a lot of different issues that may be related. Um, but this mm-hmm. one, he's never really, he never had speech. He never had grinding teeth, never had sleep, like anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So it's one of those things where maybe it would have, yeah. but who knows. But, um, so I, yeah. but I breastfed him. There's something to be aware of, right? Exactly. Because you never know in the future mm-hmm. what could happen, yeah. right? Because I have so too. So I seconds. Son is how how old? Like how much of his space was there's there? There's three and a half years. Um, mm-hmm. I was kind of, I, I always wanted to have lots of kids. But after that first one, my pregnancy was really, I had a really terrible pregnancy. And then he was such a good, he was such a sweet baby, but he cried all the time. I was just like, I just don't think I can do this again. Um, mm-hmm. But then he, my little, my son, he just kept asking for a sibling. Like at like two Aww. and a half, he's like, I want a baby. I want a baby sister. He not ever had a sister, but <laughs> he just asked and so I'm like okay and I'm so grateful because I love my kids and I couldn't imagine without them but they're three and a half mm-hmm. years apart which has been wonderful um and with Oliver he's my second um I just figured I would breastfeed because I breastfed Jack till he was about 23 months when I had to go on a medication which looking back now I did not have to stop breastfeeding for but they oh. told me I had to stop breastfeeding I'm so sorry. I kind of weaned him but he was easy to wean like he was just kind mm-hmm. of like done and I was like okay well uh-huh. great you're very busy at that age yes. right yep so he was really easy to wean and he was even though he cried a lot he's always been a very easy child especially after that first year um so finally you know I had I got pregnant with Oliver and I had him he was his pregnancy was also difficult I had a lot of challenges I had a lot of dental work done at one point and after after that, like he had been very active and after that he kind of stopped being active. And then shortly after that, my placenta stopped growing, which we didn't realize until he was almost born. Um, so he ended up being IUGR cause he basically stopped growing, uh, about 32, 33 weeks. Um, and he was also breech. And so we had all sorts of frustrating things going on. Right, um, right. and so he was born at 39 weeks, just went into labor, um, on his own. Um, I had a partial placental abruption, which they didn't really wow. realize until <laughs> he was born. So for those who don't know, that means the, the placenta starts to separate mm-hmm. before the baby's born. And IUGR is intrauterine growth retardation, yep. which means that the baby just doesn't grow as fast as they're, as they're supposed to. So they're a little smaller than you'd expect because there's a little bit of a decreased blood flow yep. through the uterus to the baby. Yep. And so um, he was, but he lasted to, inside to 39 weeks. Yeah. And he was, was he born vaginally? He was. He was. So it, breach? No, he was, so he was breech up until 38 weeks. So I went, this wow. is when we realized he was too small. Cause I thought he was too small mm-hmm. when they were doing things and they were just like, Oh, whatever. Um, so we went to get a second opinion from a doctor that actually delivered breech babies. And he's like, mm-hmm. and we went to chiropractic every day for a week. 
um, up mm-hmm. into that. And then we got there and he's like, this baby's no longer breech, but he should have been born yesterday because that placenta oh. is in bad condition. And so he sent right. us to the hospital, but then the doctors there were like, oh, he's just scaring you. There's nothing wrong. He's, you know. Oh my goodness. But then he was born and I had that partial placental abruption. I was bleeding throughout my entire delivery, um, which was really scary. But they're like, oh, it's not enough to do a C-section. And then he, it was born and they're like, oh, he was born. And the placenta, they're like, oh, this has a bunch of like dead tissue all over it. It's almost mm-hmm. super small. The cord is really like, we're shocked he even flipped. Wow. But he was about five and a half pounds um, full term, which I mean, isn't the tiniest, but it was small. And mm-hmm. But he came out and they put him on me and he breastfed right away. Um, and I was, it was wonderful. Like he breastfed just beautifully right there in the hospital. Um, he did have, they did have to check his blood sugar um, mm-hmm. twice. Um, but he was just fine. So, you know, we, that hospital experience was great. Like I, they left me alone. They were like, you're wonderful. My milk came in within 24, 24 ish hours, which was wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was great, but then we went home and he, things just were bad pretty quickly. Um, <clears throat> it was very painful. Um, I ended up going into the ER about eight days postpartum because, um, I, I had a really bad fever. And at that point, I just, I just didn't know what was going on. And I was like, am I sick? Mm-hmm. And I had this terrible fever. I had like clogged ducts, all this. I go in there like, oh, you probably have like the flu. Like they didn't even check like my breast to see if I had right. And I didn't think about it either. Um, but then they mm-hmm. loaded me up on this cocktail of Benadryl and Reglan and weird stuff when I was in the hospital. Um, and wow. that was weird. Um, mm-hmm. A weird experience. I'll never take Reglan again because of that. Um, but then we go home and it's still very painful. He's not gaining weight. Um, and I think part of, at first he was, but then he stopped. And I think part of it's because of the st- stress of everything going on. Right. Um, and he wasn't waking up very much either on his own. Are you a solopreneur or small business owner? If so, I want to ask you a question. Do you know exactly how much money you made in your business last month? Or can you find this number right now with just a couple of clicks on your computer? I'm Sarah Finns, finance coach and accountant and creator of Easy Business Bookkeeping, a course and system for tracking your business finances with ease. I want to bust the myth that managing the money in your business needs to be time consuming and stressful, or that you need to be a finance professional in order to understand them. With Easy Business Bookkeeping, you will get the tools and support you need to finally gain clarity with your finances so you can grow your business and your impact. Want to learn more? Go to www.sarahfins.com forward slash TTE podcast for details. That's sarahfins.com forward slash TTE, like tongue tie experts podcast. And I'll see you on the inside. The other thing, Katie, which I don't know if anybody mentioned to you at the time, is if you had that much bleeding, you were probably very iron deficient. And no one said anything. Yeah. And nobody does, you know, as long as your hemoglobin is fine, nobody checks your iron. And it's, it's a very frustrating aspect for me because I've been in both sides of it, you know, as a midwife, as a lactation consultant. And, you know, when somebody has a baby, usually you don't see them again for six weeks, which is ridiculous. But just because the hemoglobin is high enough, that's what they test to make sure you're not quote unquote anemic Mm -hmm. after a baby in the hospital. But they don't check the underlying iron. Yeah. So if you've had that much bleeding and you were already pregnant, your iron is like very depleted. Yeah. And then 
you know, so how's your body supposed to make good breast milk I know. with all that depletion going on? Yeah, and I like, and I know that, but now that you're mentioning it, I didn't even think about that. Like, yeah, like, yeah, like, putting the pieces it. together. Like nobody really cared what was going on with me. Like, right, it's so sad. Yeah. But it, you know what? I'm glad you're telling this story because it's a typical scenario. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. I hear it all yeah. the time. I see it all the time. But people are like, "Oh, it's normal." Like that's. But like, I was like in so much pain. Like I remember just like curling my toes like trying not to scream because it was so painful so finally like I had heard some things about tongue and lip ties and you know I noticed his lip was really tight and so Mm -hmm. I sent a picture to the doctor and she's like oh you can come in and so we went in and she just kind of was like and this was my timeline's probably a little bit weird at this point but he was probably 10 he was 10 days old and he was about a half an ounce or two ounces no he was a half an ounce from his birth weight and which I thought was great, but the doctor was like, oh, that's not good. Like he's probably not getting enough. So she had me do a weighted feed right there and he transferred two and a half ounces, which she said was not Wonderful. good. She said it, he should be transferring four to five ounces. How old was he? He was 10 days old <laughs> and he was five and a half pounds. Oh my goodness. He was, that was beautiful. No, And knowing that now, but I was like, oh no. And she's like, you're going to have to start giving formula. And she's like, you need to rest. So don't pump. And there was a lactation consultant in the room and she was, you could tell she, and like the doctor left the room and she's like, I can't tell you not to do what the doctor said, Uh but she's like, she's like, go see a lactation consultant. So I was like, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to just go get, because like I knew enough to be like, that doesn't sound right. And your instincts. Yeah. Right. Like we, we downplay mom's instincts, but really it's your instincts that pushed you along. It didn't feel right to you. Yeah. And I was just like, this doesn't seem right. And it just started this. So I went to a lactation consultant that was through um, this hospital, this Kaiser. I don't know if I should say that or not, Mm -hmm. but um, a hospital system. And so, um, they're very, you know, it's kind of like a conveyor belt in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I went to a lactation consultant and she she was really good. But there's some things that happened that probably weren't it. She was very, she was a little bit more on the militant side of lactation consultants. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't pooping at that point. He had been, he had always had a little trouble with pooping, which um, I was like, I don't think that's right. Like that he would go, like it was really hard for him to go to the bathroom, like, and it, which was the opposite of Jack. Jack, it was like 10 poops a day for the first two years of his life. Um, so mm-hmm. this one, it was like the complete opposite. And she was like, oh, it doesn't matter. Pee is key. That's all you need to oh. care about. And I did a weighted feed there and he lost weight. And she's like, oh, it's Aww. fine. Don't worry. Um, and then I was like, what about this tongue, lip tie? She's like, oh, no, those are not a thing. Those are just ways for doctors to make money. <laughs> Oh, or dentist to make money. And I was like, right. Oh, okay. And she gave me some advice and she like, and I got some donor milk at that point. Cause I was like, he needs to get something. And so I got mm-hmm. some donor milk, which she was helpful with that. Um, then I went back to the pediatrician and she like was so upset. We went to the lactation consultant. So she was just, wow. she was very against the lactation consultant. And at That's that point crazy. he's not gaining weight. And she's like, Oh, he's failure to thrive. You need to go and be pumping and doing all this stuff. And she admitted him to the hospital at that point. And I'm like, what is going on? And we get to the hospital and they're like, why is he here? And it was right. like, it was a terrible experience because they were, I'm they sorry. were, the lactation consultant was wonderful there. She was so good, but everybody else, like it was, it's a teaching hospital it was a teaching children's mm-hmm. hospital. So we were seeing so many different doctors and I remember they came in, they weighed him 
um, you know, a naked weight when he got there. And the next day they came back and they said, he's gained 12 ounces overnight. This is amazing. I was like, and it's because they weighed him with all his clothes on and the blankets oh. and all this stuff. And I'm like, but at that point we'd had a, the doctor come in, like the head doctor. And he's like, stop pumping, just feed your baby. This is ridiculous. There's no reason you uh-huh. should be here. Um, and he's like, and at that point it was still painful. I still had a lot of clogged ducts, like lots of clogged ducts. And the lactation consultant, we were doing like weighed feedings. And at that point he was still, he was eating like two and a half ounces at a time and he started gaining weight and they were like, you're fine, go home. Um, but so you were still uncomfortable. We were still, I was still very uncomfortable. Right. Um, right. and I, that started this, we still had issues with the pediatrician cause she was convinced he had something wrong. She was convinced he had like a metabolic issue and looking back, I, he did have reflux too. And I think a lot of it was just the feeding. He was not feeding well and I was in pain. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. so it was just this constant battle. Like I couldn't, I still have anxiety going to doctor's offices because of that experience of waiting for the number to pop up on the scale. Um, right. So at right. that point I started, I actually got a scale, which I don't recommend doing this for most people yeah. because I got obsessed with yeah. it. I weighed him every single feed. Um, oh, no. And, to do it, and it, <laughs> for me, it I got a little obsessive about it, but I did actually, it helped me a lot because I realized he needed to eat more frequently. And so mm-hmm. at the point when I started feeding him every. 90 minutes is when he started gaining weight and was, mm-hmm. but I was still because he was small yes. and he could only tolerate small amounts. Yep. He probably didn't have a lot of energy for a long yep. feed to take more. Yep. And that was leaving your breasts confused. Yep. And, at, and that's why you were getting the clogged up. Yep. And right? we were doing bottles, you know, I was doing pumped milk, which I was very grateful that I was able to do that enough. And I had a little bit of donor milk, which was great. Um, but he started, I wasn't taught, I didn't know how to feed a bottle. So, you know, I'm just feeding right. you know, like this. And so then he was having trouble latching after that. And so it's like, I would get in this routine where I was bouncing up and down, standing in the dark, like trying to get him to latch. And it was, it was ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, but, he, but you did it. Did it. I you did, did it. I did do it. And that's why it. I'm like, and I, you know, no judgment to anyone that stops, but me, I was so stubborn because I had people like, just stop, just get formula. Like this is not worth yeah. it. And I'm like, I know I can breastfeed and I'm going to like, right. It's the last thing. I so do. I was one of those moms that stopped. And if anybody wants to hear my story, I was interviewed on someone else's podcast and she gave me the recording and I posted it. So my story is there. I won't go into it today, but I was told by my pediatrician that I was starving my baby mm-hmm. And my, literally my nipples were like coming off. That's how badly she was latching. And I gave up and I was so upset. Like to this day, um, you know, it triggers me to realize. And she was a wonderful pediatrician. She just did not know about breastfeeding. And she told me I was starving my baby. And when I looked back at the baby book, she had only lost 6% of birth weight. That's crazy. But she was little too. She was six four. Yeah, so she's tiny. So that weight loss made her nervous. Yeah, the pediatrician and nobody. There was no lactation consultants here. Oh, I'm sure. I was the first lactation consultant in private practice where I lived. Wow. So until that happened, there was nobody. There was a couple of people in the hospital, but they were hospital based and didn't really know care beyond the hospital mm-hmm. at that point. You know. So anyway, no, it's just, it's crazy though. And I've, I want yeah. about our journey to find good pediatricians too, because we eventually did find a good one for him. Cause I was like, I cannot go here anymore. And so yeah. We found another one and she was a lot more supportive. She was like, I told her the story, like everything. And she's like, 
she was just like flabbergasted, especially when she knew he was IUGR because they were really big on trying to get him to gain a lot of weight because they're like, he needs to catch Mm up. But no, like with IUGR, there's a lot of different opinions out there. And what I found was that they're like, that's actually not the best thing to do the bunch of catch up weight for them. Like it's Mm -hmm. just, so that's another whole other thing. But I breastfed Mm -hmm. him and it was very painful though. The entire, I breastfed him for two and a half years. He was so hard to wean. He, he, I still joke, he would probably still be, breastfeeding now <laughs> I, I just had to stop because towards the end I started um getting deemer so th- so I had milk ejection you know the depression like right really kind of associated with him latching um but it was very painful especially when he got his teeth in he wasn't biting but it was just like daggers so that's yeah that's about six months that's when I was I had learned more about tongue ties heard about a really great dentist in our area that people said specialized in tongue ties. And so I looked him up and I made an appointment because I was like, I just want to see what he says. And I didn't really know what was going to happen. So I took him in. He took us into this little room and asked us some different questions. And he was like, he did an exam, like a full or exam. And he's like, he definitely has a tongue tie and a lip tie. And he's like, if you want, we can go and release it right now. And I was like, oh, like, I was like, I don't know. Cause it was like, I didn't know it was going to be like right then. Um, mm-hmm. But he was very, he was very kind and very like, it's up to you. And I was like, well, he's finally gaining weight at this point and doing well. It was just really painful. And I was, but I was like, I, my, my gut was like, just, just leave it. Like you don't want to have to deal. Cause at six months is a little bit harder to do a release. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's just still the same process, but you know, the recovery. I'm sure is a little bit plus yeah. plus it's not good to just go into it cold without preparing. Know. You know that now. Yeah, right? and I like, think this doctor knows that now too because he's so yeah. very well regarded in our area, and I think he mm-hmm. he would probably have a, and they had a lactation person there and stuff. Um, but mm-hmm. I think he would have been because he yeah I think he'd be different now. Um, yeah. So we just kept going, and I breastfed him. It was painful the entire time. Um, he started getting decay on his teeth, like, and all this stuff. And it was, which, you know, regular dentists were like, oh, it's because you're breastfeeding at night. So right. you need to stop that. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Um, so we just went along. Um, and he, he actually fell and broke his lip tie when he was mm-hmm. a year. It was a lot of blood, mm-hmm. but it, you know, that ha- they always tell you, a lot of doctors will tell you, oh, they'll just break them eventually, which is it's a little traumatic, but um, but it was still, it was just really painful. And, but I just kind of got used to it. Um, it was just one of those things where it's like, I knew it was painful, but I was just like, it is what it is. Right. Um, so I weaned him. Um, and then at the age of three, we took, I can't remember why, but we took him back to that dentist and he's like, you could release it now. And he's like, but I'm kind of split on if you, sh- he's like, it could be beneficial. Like, I think it was because of his, some sleep out. Cause he had sleep apnea as well. My son mm-hmm. from the time he was born um, and he was grinding his teeth from the time he got teeth. And I think mm-hmm. it was something with talking about those things. And he's like, mm-hmm. you could do it. You could just wait. And so I was like, he, he, at that time, my son was very, very scared of doctors and dentists. Um, and I think a lot of that's because of his early experiences with doctors and dentists. Um, but I was like, I just don't want to do anything that's going to cause problems. Um, and so I just didn't. And, Mm -hmm. you know, um, around the time I had my third son when he was, when my, when Oliver, my middle child was four, um, and you know, he was born, I had gestational diabetes with him 
and he had a bunch of blood sugar issues in the beginning, um, which was frustrating and a whole other story. But um, <laughs> we, um, but I breastfed him and, you know, he started, he was doing great. Um, my milk came in really, really fast. I've always had a lot of milk, which is, which is good. Um, wow. But then he, I started noticing that same pain. But at that point I was like, this is not normal. So I called a lactation consultant. She came and saw me. She did an oral examination. She looked at my breasts and my nipples and she's like, he has a tongue tie, like go see somebody like, and she was very helpful. Um, so I went to another doctor in the area because I could, I would have gone to that same one, but mm-hmm. he, I needed to get in more quickly. So mm-hmm. I went to this other one and all he does is tongue ties. And we went in and he's like, yep, he has a tongue tie. Um, let's like, and you're in so much pain. We can release it right now. Um, mm-hmm. which we did. And I still have this picture where I breastfed him and it was not painful. And I cried because I was like, I forgot that it didn't have to be painful. Um, And so things went well with him. Like he gave me all the stretches, all the exercise afterwards. We did CST. um, They recommended Mm -hmm. that. um, And so we did that. And I actually felt like that the tongue tie helped with the pain, but I feel like the CST helped him actually nurse better. Um, Mm -hmm. So we did that. We did chiropractic. Um, and everything with him was so much better. He, it did kind of reattach, um, because I wasn't doing the, you know, the stretches well enough. I don't, I think so it reattached when we went back for the, um, for the check at like six weeks after or whatever. Um, and I had noticed it started being painful again. So we redid it. The, actually the dentist just kind of broke it with his finger. He stretched it. I was like, Oh, it's kind of weird, but, um, it wasn't like super bad reattached. Um, but then we went on and I breastfed him. He had no issues. He's had no like teeth issue, no teeth decay, which my first two did like at like mm-hmm. a year. And, I, and people were like, what are you feeding them? Like, are you giving them candy and juice all Aww. the time? And I'm like, no, <laughs> like I'm not doing that. But then with my, mm-hmm. with Andrew, we've had no, if no issues with anything. And it was like a smooth sailing thing. So he didn't have issues with you know, anything after that point, mm-hmm. but, that's, um, that's yeah, but then go. And so comparing that to Oliver, I kind of, you know, it's like, I go back and I'm like, I wish I had known. Oh, yeah. And who knows if it might've had still had a different issue. Right. Just because You know what? I just want to talk a minute about that yeah. tooth decay issue because I don't know if everybody understands yeah. it because as you mentioned so many times, breastfeeding is blamed, but what the research shows is it's not the breastfeeding. Mm-hmm. It's the milk pooling because of the lip ties yep. and the tightness in the mouth that's causing the milk to pool and that will cause decay. Yep. So it's not breastfeeding per se. And there's more tooth decay when a baby is put to bed with a bottle yep. of formula than breast milk breastfeeding at night. Yep. So just, just to clear that aspect up. Yeah, that is a little bit. Yeah. Like, what it's controversial. It is controversial. And, um, <laughs> yeah. As is everything that I deal with, but yeah. and, but even, <laughs> it's all af- good. even after we stopped breastfeeding, my son had so many cavities. Like it was so many, and we're like, "What is going on?" And so uh-huh. he and it was my middle son, and it was right. just so many, and we just could not figure it out. Like what was right. what was going on? But you know, again, nobody's looking at what was your health like mm-hmm. in the beginning when you were making breast milk for him, yep. right? Yep, nobody, nobody would. You were depleted. You were definitely depleted after that pregnancy and after that birth. Yep. And nobody's thinking, oh, maybe we should support Katie more. Yeah. You know, so like, that's why. Um, what are they doing? What are they feeding him? Like, right. obviously, so, parents. <laughs> Just 
one of one of the um one of my um what's what's the word for it my focus this year has been more about talking about the mom mm-hmm. or the parents the breastfeeding parents yes. because we have a lot of people taking care of babies who don't have it in their scope to take care of the mom as well yeah. and then we forget about the mom so we could do we could stand on our heads to get the baby to breastfeed if things aren't well with the mom baby's not going to breastfeed i have a whole presentation that i'm putting together for a conference i'm very excited know, about it because it's wonderful yeah and it's for um speech language pathologists mainly in the audience because they have it in their scope to take care of the baby and sometimes I get frustrated because I'm like, well, you know, you still have to evaluate the breastfeeding. They're like, well, we know what it looks like when the baby's latching. Like, but you're not, yeah, you're not, it's not in your scope to examine mom. It's not in your scope to know what should, what's wrong or, or not going well for mom. It's just not in their scope. So not to put down any of my SLP friends who I love dearly, but it's, it's, we, we often forget, and this is a perfect example of nobody was like, well, what about Katie? What's going on with her? Yeah. And even in my own breastfeeding failure stories, there was stuff going on with me that nobody was putting it together that maybe that's why things weren't working out. Absolutely. And I think there's such a, there's such a connection between it. And I think we're just learning a lot of that now. Like, you know, and it's true. People don't look at the mom. They just think, you know, baby's, baby's here, mom, you know, off to the side. We don't, Mm -hmm. nothing. As soon as baby's born, we don't need, the pediatricians don't need the mom. And the obstetricians don't need the baby. No, yeah. Nobody's looking at it together. The goal of the OB is to get that baby out safely. Yep. And the only time they right? talk about mom is if they're saying, oh, your milk, because I was told that my milk wasn't fatty enough is what the pediatrician said at one point. And your nipples are too flat or too this or too that yeah, or the like other you're thing. Doing, right? It's obviously something wrong with you, but right. no, we're not going right. to just get formula instead. Right. Um, yeah. But so anyways, with um, kind of, the endings well, so we're in the middle of this with Oliver. We finally, cause he has just had a lot of different interesting issues over there. So he has sleep apnea. He um, snores a lot and we got his adenoids taken out at one point, but it didn't help. Um, and he um, grinds his, he's grinded his teeth since he was six months old and mm-hmm. he's seven now. And I kept bringing it up to his dentist and she's like, Oh, kids like 70% of kids grind their teeth. And mm-hmm. so I looked that up online and that's not true. It was like 30%. And they say by six, by six, they should probably be stopping. And even then it's not like, well, that's, you know, let's grind our teeth. That's a great idea. Right. Um, so that kind of, I was like, that just seems weird. Common is not normal. Yep, exactly. And so, and this dentist, we really like her for certain things, but for like, she was always very big on breastfeeding, causing cavities, like no question. Mm-hmm. So she's not an airway dentist. No, she's not. She's just a regular <laughs> pediatric dentist. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, okay, I'm like, I like her. So I'm just kind of like, okay, let's just, you know, she can t- do whatever. Um, but with, um, we ended up, he had some, I noticed he was like gasping for air at night mm. and he, he's always very tired. Like he's just kind of like a low energy, which is, you know, some kids are, but it's just didn't, and his sleep is not, he's, it's just not that great. Um, right. And so um, I finally, I've just been putting it off because I'm like, I know we'll have to go through like, 
I knew it was going to be expensive, a lot of the process. Mm -hmm. And so finally we took him to a third dentist in this area because I had heard really good things about her. She was a little bit easier to get into. She wasn't as busy as the other ones. And that's nothing against the other two that we've seen because they, they're really, I think they all work together. They're very good dentists. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we went to this one. Um, We went in and she's like, kind of tell me what happened, what's going on. And she did like a very, very thorough exam. Like I was very impressed with what she was doing. And part of me was winter because I wanted to see what she did. Uh, Right. And she, um, she was like saying all sorts of things, like writing notes. And they took all these, they took some pictures and she, and um, she's like, he definitely has, you know, a tongue tie. She's like, he can't touch the roof of his mouth. He can't lift it up. His tongue, like he's, and she's like, is his mouth kind of open all the time? And I was like, yes, like he's so like, mm-hmm. open. And she's like, that's probably why he's getting all this like plaque on his teeth. Cause you know, his mouth is just open. Um, and she was like, yeah, it, I can see his tongue. His lip tie was broke or had broken. And she, but then she's like, his tongue doesn't lateralize to one side. Um, his bites really off. Like, so it was just kind of there's some weird things going on. And then they did like a airway, like they did a whole like 3d thing of his head. I don't really, I don't really understand what it was. Right. Um, It's a specialized, it's actually like a specialized CT scan. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah. And so since she showed us from that, that he, his airway was just super narrow, like very, Mm -hmm. very narrow, Um, which is not surprising given all just all the issues. And she's like, it's just very like, there's just not any, like, and she was like, if you look at his face, he has two dimples. And so she's Mm -hmm. like, and she's like, he definitely has uh, buckle ties. Like she showed us. Um, And I had like, I mean, at this point I I've taken your course. I've done a lot of research on tongue ties. So I've done kind of some oral exams on it myself. And I was like, I know that there was things there, uh, issues going on. And just based on the symptoms. So at that point, um, this was just a couple weeks ago and she was really great. And she's like, these are kind of some options. And she's like, I don't recommend doing a release right now. Um, she's like, we need to fix kind of the teeth um, mm-hmm. and the jaw. Cause she's like, if we don't fix those down the line, he's going to have to have surgery on his, right. his jaw. Right. Um, so we are doing spacer. She just got like, our, I don't know if it's a spacer. I, I think that's what it's called. Like Something to do some expansion, yeah, expand, probably. Yeah, expander, right? expander. Yeah. That's yes. Yeah. Um, so we're doing that, um, and right. then she said we'll do that for six months, and then at that point we'll reassess and do CST, and then see if the tongue tie release is still necessary at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of where we're at now, and it's hard to know if. And I kind of mentioned this. I think we talked to us about this a little bit. That I don't know if these would have been prevented if we had done the release right. a long time ago, um, or if it's just what still would have happened. yeah and there's no way to know yeah. and there is no way to you know, can't focus you, know <laughs> it's, you could do everything and there's many babies that including my own grandson that we seem to do all the things quote unquote right and the high palate persists yeah. the lack of extension and, and lateralization of the tongue persists my daughter is suffering. I hope she doesn't mind me mentioning this. He's 16 months and she's on the verge because he's really not opening his mouth well. He chomps on her yeah. nipples. It's really, it's so frustrating. And I give her all the credit for, for any everything she's done up until now. And I wouldn't blame her if she would quit, but she can't because he won't, he just wants her too much. That's like Oliver. It was, it was like, I couldn't stop if I wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's not an option to stop completely, you know, unless she moved out or something, but anyway. (laughs) Um, so 
sometimes we can do all the all the things Mm -hmm. and it's still not enough but i like to think about if we do all the if we didn't do anything like even the work you're doing with oliver now where would he be five years from now yeah right so like we're, we're doing the best we can when we can you know and um there are some kids that if they don't get it done in the beginning, they're, they're not going to eat at all. Yeah. I mean, I've had plenty of babies Absolutely. like, you know, they're not eating. They're not transferring any milk, yeah. not even by bottle. So it's either do this and see if it works or think about a feeding tube, mm-hmm. you know. So there's that. But it's not a guarantee that everything's going to be yeah. amazing no. for their whole lives. Right. But the one thing that I would add to your descriptions and, and I'm hoping that you're just overlooked saying it. But myofunctional therapy yes. has to be yep. in your son's yep. picture, right? Yep. Yeah, that was that was a bit. And she has one of those in her clip, like beautiful. So she's beautiful. She's wonderful, and she has. She's like very. And I. All right, give her a shout out. Yeah, it's we uh, need to shout out the it's, wonderful. It's Doctor Turner at Fox Point Dental, and she. I haven't actually mentioned to her that I'm like in lactation or anything because I've kind of just really. I, I haven't yet. Just I. I probably will the next day, just because we were just talking a bunch, and I just. Right, right. But I'm like. And where are you located? I'm in Colorado. So I am in um, Littleton, Colorado. Okay, great. My best friend lives in Telluride. Oh, very cool. How far is that from you? That's pretty far. Yeah, I think that's like five hours. (laughs) Yeah. Well, in Colorado, that's not far, though. No, it's not. (laughs) (laughs) My girlfriend drives an hour and a half to the grocery store. So Yeah, it's so true. Um, I love Colorado. It's It's beautiful there. It's a wonderful place. And we're lucky because we do have some very great physician or you know dentists here providers um mm-hmm. and with oliver he actually has a um posterior tie which i think is what caught made it even harder in the beginning because we took him to an ent and i had said something about a posterior tie and he's like oh no that's not a thing right that's not a thing. ents don't believe in that yeah he's like that's nothing like he's fine <laughs> and i'm like and that's kind of where i was like i've come a little bit and with so with andrew i forgot to mention we took him into my pediatrician before I called the lactation consultant and she's like, he absolutely has a tongue tie. He has a lip tie. And she's like, she's like, I get a lot of pushback from the medical community around here because I believe in tongue ties. And she's like, but my son had a horrible tongue tie. And she's like, part of my nipple, like, like broke off because like, it like uh-huh. came off because of, and she's like, I came so passionate about helping people realize when they have one. And she's uh-huh. like, she, but she was, she was great. So that was also a little bit more for me. Like, okay, I, need to see somebody and I did and yeah um, and I'm grateful for that um but and I have an Andrew yeah my my son is Andrew my oldest he's about to turn 32 my Andrew so he's my same age (laughs) (laughs) yep yep so so Katie I mean you've been through it yeah and you know I honor your experience and your perseverance and your ability to take a negative experience and use it for the good of others because, you know, we could go in any direction with that. You know, we can go hide under a rock. We can (laughs) sometimes, I know after my second bit kid, I was ready for like the insane asylum, you know, it took me a long time to recover and come back and, and decide to um, teach about breastfeeding. And that only came because I became a midwife. Mm -hmm. Like it wasn't even a direct route. So what you're doing is amazing. I love that you're becoming an IBCLC because I I know that you're going to be such a great addition to our you. profession. I know in June. More. So we'll see. 
Yeah. Oh, you'll yeah, pass. I hope so. We need, we need more passionate women like you in our yeah. profession. And um, yeah, I don't want to keep people too long, but if you'd like, just tell, you know, I'm going to have it in the show notes, but you can be found. Do you have a website? Are you just on Instagram? Yeah. Tell us where we can find so you. So I have my website. It's called the breastfeedingmama.com. I have tons of articles. We have breastfeeding courses, virtual consults, all th- sorts of things like that. Um, so you can go to the breastfeedingmama.com. I'm also on Instagram and I have a YouTube channel as well, but I'm mainly, it's just Instagram and uh, my website mm-hmm. that I do most things on. And Excellent. yeah, no, so I, yeah, but I'm super grateful to be able to share kind of my story because I think it's, it's more complicated than people think. Cause even now I'm like, maybe with my first son, if I had, I mean, I think it was a good choice or with my third, um, getting the release done. But I'm like, I do think CST, there's not, there's a lot of, of the myofunctional stuff. Like it's very like chiropractic can actually be a good step for something like that can help a lot of people. Right. Right. Um, so I think it's just important to see that. And when I was sharing a little bit about Oliver on my stories recently, I had several people be like, why didn't you do something before now? And I'm like, Aww. And I'm like, it's it's a complicate, like it's hard, right? He's right. Older, and part of it's because of me. Like I have a I have a tongue tie that you know when I saw a dentist, he's like, oh, you do, you just need to go, you need to go through all this process though. And I'm like, I, mm-hmm. but I have a lot of, I grind my teeth really bad. I have really bad reflex. So I have a lot of different things where I'm like, maybe it's related, maybe it's not. But I'm like, like you said, it's like, what would five years from now look like for Oliver? Right. And, right. Yeah. And you can only handle what you can handle and nobody should judge anybody else, Absolutely. you know, for what they do and what they can handle. And I mean, you know, there's only so many hours in the day and so many, we have so many you know, so many doctors appointments yeah. you can go to. Yeah. And, you know, I have a friend that's, got four kids and three of she's going through three of them with expansion and Mm -hmm. all kinds of things and very interesting I'm actually I'm hoping to talk her into coming on her teenager has scoliosis oh interesting and it's being linked to the tongue tie because her tongue tie was really severe so yeah it's 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 really there's more and more evidence that because the tightness is pulling to one side it pulled her whole spine to one side wow so, yeah, there's lots we can look back on and say, I wish I did this or I could have done this better, but we can only do what we can do yep. and give ourselves grace around it yep. and just support each other on that, on our journeys, right? Yep, I think that's the most important thing is just being supportive and being supportive to other people and understanding that their journey may look different. Like I I got a surprising amount of judgment for not switching to formula <laughs> with there. Like some people were like, you're very wow. stubborn. Yeah. Like, or like, you just think you're better mm-hmm. than other people that, and I'm like, that's not what I'm saying. Like I, I just know right. what, that I can breastfeed and I know that that's important to me. So that's what I'm going to do. So I think and you made it work. I did. And it, you know, some people would still see what I did and still say that was not worth it. But for me, it was right. right. Especially. Well, yeah, it's just important. So I think that's yeah. the key is doing what works <laughs> for your family. All right, Katie, thank you so much for joining us today. It was so much fun to chat with you. Finally. I know. I, I thank you so much. It was, it was great. I love talking about things like this. So I, okay, we'll do it again. Yes, we'll do sure. it again. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Tongue Tie Experts podcast. Check out the show notes for useful links about the topics we discussed and for ways to follow us on social media. Please subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app. And if you enjoyed listening, we'd love it if you'd rate, review, and share with your friends and colleagues. 
Thanks so much. Bye-bye.